0: Hey, uh, and welcome to Remember Music Videos. Each week, we'll chat about music videos that we love from an album of one of our favorite artists. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and even some things in between. My name is Dio.
1: My name is Crystal, and we will be your resident music video aficionados. We've done some research, so you don't have to. We'll share little tidbits, fun facts, and give you our perspective on how we think these videos not only impacted the culture, but what they mean to us personally.
0: We're sharing our love of them and hope you love them, too. And if you want to watch the music videos we're talking about this week, you can check them out on our playlist on YouTube, Apple Music, and Facebook. And with that, let's get it cracking. Hey, Crystal. Hi. How are you? I'm exhausted. How are you?
1: (laughs) It's been a very long week. It's been a very long week. (laughs) But we made it. Barely?
0: Yeah. I mean, I took Monday off because... uh, you know pride right you needed needed a day to recoup
1: yeah i hear you i hear you um good times yeah i can't believe that the uh, month is coming to an end yeah um yeah pride month is coming to an end um but it was fun to just you know share this month with you and and go through these gay icons these lovely ladies who have been serving it to us, sharing their art with us and keeping us sad through life.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, But yeah, I mean, we can continue, you know, celebrating gaiety all year round. So just keep this month as a, you know, in your hearts, but uh, keep it, keep it as a, Something to uh, charge you for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah. We will always continue to to highlight and uplift all kinds of icons, not relegating our gay icons to one month. We're going to celebrate them 24-7,
0: 365. Yay! Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, this icon, we're ending the month with such... A great icon i mean there's no words so i think we should just end the podcast right now um yeah it's
1: tough (laughs) tough act to follow one of the the more beloved icons
0: yeah but i mean i think it's the best way to wrap up season two right pride edition like with this amazing artist agreed this week we are covering the one the only whitney houston (laughs) If you're a New Yorker.
1: Yeah. If not, it's
0: Whitney Houston. And we are covering My Love is Your Love.
1: Yes. That That was a very classic album. Whitney, we all know her. We all love her. She was born Whitney Elizabeth Houston on August 9th, 1963 in Newark, New Jersey. Did you know her?
0: Um, I know family members who know her from the church when she would sing at the church. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. My brother-in-law said that he um he knew the Houston's like oh yeah.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, you know she grew up singing in the church. So we know her mom Sissy Houston was a very popular gospel singer. She would sing backup for the likes of Lou Rawls, Shaka Khan. She enlisted a young whitney um to perform with her as well certain times whitney was dubbed the voice for obvious reasons and close friends and family knew her as nippy and she got that nickname from her dad who got that from the nippy nubs comic book character
0: nippy nubs are you
1: familiar with that character? <laughs>
0: I'm not, but how adorable is that?
1: No, me neither. Yeah, no, it's it's adorable. Yeah, I, I knew that her nickname was Nippy, but I didn't know the the origin of that. Um, so that's cute, and it kind of just like stuck. So you know, even when you look um, at, even when you see documentaries um, and they interview close friends and family, they will definitely refer to her as Nippy or Nip. So. I think that's cute. I love a little family nickname.
0: And speaking of family members, um, Dion Warwick was related, right?
1: Yes, they were. Uh, they were cousins. Yes, Dion Warwick.
0: For good times and bad times.
1: For good times and bad times. Yeah, I was gonna say my my. You know, when I think of Dion Warwick, I think of that's what friends are for. Um, yes. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of folks think. But yeah, they were they were kin. They were related. We know Dion Warwick is uh she's known lately for just kind of uh being on twitter yeah um <laughs> just discovering stuff but being kind of adorable and just you know trying trying new
0: things um, i just think about the snl skit where they um where they do her um and it's hilarious oh, i don't
1: know who what are you who are you talking about
0: oh my god yeah yeah definitely check it out
1: oh i'm not familiar with that one i have to give that one a look Um, so yeah, so we know Whitney comes from a musical family, um, Clive Davis, who was the head of Aristotle records, he signed her at 19 on her debut album. She gave us the remake of the greatest love of all. I feel like that was probably my first introduction to Whitney Houston. And we know that that song was played at least on the R and B stations all over all over mm. constantly if you went to a i feel like that was a song that was played at graduations you know it was just one of those like inspirational songs and then you know her voice was just amazing yeah. and then she followed up that album with i want to dance with somebody um and we know that that was a huge huge hit but definitely resonated with the gays resonated with everybody but definitely you know, was that's, that's a, that's a gay anthem. <laughs> it is what it is. Of course. So yeah, she had, you know, very successful albums. She was a, a huge mainstream success. Um, and Clive Davis marketed her that way, very specifically. When I, I did watch the documentary, the one, there've been a couple of documentaries. There was one that came out in, I think it was 2018. It's called Whitney. Um, and there we hear from her mom and her brothers and other, other family members. And, um, I learned so much about some things that I just didn't know, but I will say, I, I watched this on an airplane and I sat in my aisle seat and I cried my eyes out.
0: Oh no. And
1: I'm not like that's, I'm emotions are for suckers
0: yeah of course
1: you know me that's how i feel emotions are for suckers so i'm just kind of like whatever like what but i just i just couldn't help it it just was so
0: hey hey it was don't don't even worry about it (laughs) you know what you know why people cry when they're in airplanes it's the altitude it's the air so yeah so oh there you go no 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 no. even the strongest (laughs) um cry um when watching movies on an airplane so (laughs) <laughs>
1: um yeah so it's just yeah it was you know it, it was great to kind of to, to see her kind of beginnings and see all that archival fitted footage but once you kind of get deeper into your story it's just kind of like wow um but one thing that i learned about that which i didn't realize that she had gotten booed at the 1989 soul train awards yeah and she did an interview with Arsenio Hall and he, you know, mentioned it. And she was like, I don't know why I got booed, but I think it's because they think I sing too white and I'm, you know, not black enough. And it's just kind of like, really that just, I didn't, because she's so beloved. I think she's so beloved in the black community now, but I guess back, you know, almost like 15 years ago, that wasn't the case. And, you know, she she was mainstream and she was a little bit more um pop, but that just kind of took me that took me out. I was just kind of like, What? And then to hear how it affected her, like it definitely had an effect on her. So like words matter.
0: Yeah, that scarred me when I heard that years ago when I watched it years ago, or heard heard what happened, yeah. right? Like when she was booed on the Soul Train Awards. Um and then that's kind of led it like led her to Bobby Brown, because like after she got booed, Bobby Brown got on stage and he was performing, and everyone went crazy, and she was like, "I want that," you know what I mean? And so that's, I guess, that's where the appeal started from, yeah, right? He was accepted. seeing how like yeah. she was booed, but he was loved by the community. Yeah, that was, um, I shocking when i saw when i saw the footage
1: and um and that's where they met for the first time was at that award show interestingly the album after that was i'm your baby tonight which in my opinion was definitely a little bit more r b Mm. so who knows if that had anything to do if if that moment at the award show had anything um had anything to do with her kind of changing up the sound a little bit, or maybe that was just kind of like the natural uh, evolution of that. We'll never know. Um, And then after that, she would delve into movies. We had, of course, The Bodyguard, which was huge. It gave us possibly her biggest song, which was I Will Always Love You, which was a remake of a Dolly Parton song, which I didn't realize right away that, that that was a remake I feel like around that time, there was a lot of discussion around like originals versus covers. Like who did it better? And in my opinion, Whitney slayed this, like a slay. I can't think of anything else that was more a slay. Like, and don't get me wrong. I love Dolly Parton and her version was great and it had the emotion and it was great. But talk about an elevation and you could not escape this song. This song was played over all the radio stations. Was this a song when they played it at the same time on, across every radio station one time?
0: Oh, no, I don't know about that.
1: I might be, I might be making that part up.
0: I mean, I'm sure the, the times they've played it, I'm sure they were playing it at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know what, like this song like that song. I mean, we're not covering it this time. And I think we definitely will do the soundtrack, right? Because
1: we definitely will. We have to
0: so many gems so in, many in that soundtrack. Um, but uh, yeah, it's the soundtrack of our lives. We all know this song.
1: We all know that song.
0: Thanks to Whitney. Yeah.
1: And thanks to Kevin Costner for convincing her to, to do that. Who knew?
0: It could have been Madonna.
1: That would have been interesting. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, so that was kind of her first foray into um, to to movies, and then she did um, "Waiting to Exhale," which was another killer soundtrack. Um, and then she did "The Preacher's Wife," which mm. was the still to this day the best selling gospel album of all time. Wow. And, yep, sure was. And then after that, she did "Cinderella" with Brandy. Brandy was a huge. Whitney Houston fan, Brandy got to play Cinderella and then Whitney got to play the fairy godmother. So like after I'm Your Baby Tonight, it was all movie soundtracks. And then that's when she did the My Love Is Your Love album in 1998. This album was definitely more hip hop. She got Rodney Jerkins, Dark Child, Soul Shock and Carlin, missy elliott (laughs) um all to kind of just you know produce for her and and give her this this different edgier side that she could share and shut those meeky freakies up who said she wasn't black enough right this was a huge hit it charted all around the world it was nominated for best r&b album but it actually lost to tlc's and Mel. Oh, wow. And yeah, that was a massive, massive album and one that um, we all know and love.
0: Yeah. And so I guess what was the first single off that album?
1: The first single off that album was When You Believe.
0: That came out, well, the movie came out before this album, right? Yes. And so it's included in the album, which was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Right. So we we didn't, I mean, I didn't know at the time that this was going to be associated with um, the Whitney album. And I just thought this was a soundtrack uh, track. So there was no inkling that my love is your love was coming for me at least.
1: Yeah. And this single, this was on the Prince of Egypt soundtrack. And it was also on whitney's album and it was also on mariah's album so it was one of those you know you pick your pick your your pleasure Mm -hmm. yep and stephen schwartz was the writer composer of this track he was the composer of the prince of egypt soundtrack he also um Was responsible for musicals such as uh, *Pippin*, *Godspell*, and *Wicked*. Oh wow! She's one of my favorites, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Um. (laughs) <laughs> um. So, fun fact about fun, fun shady fact, uh, a little bit shady. So, Stephen Schwartz was the songwriter for "When You Believe," but Babyface produced the song. But Schwartz left Babyface's name off of the nomination submission sheet. because the additions Babyface added to the song were not featured in the actual film version. (gasps) So, So Babyface didn't get an Oscar for this, but Mariah and Whitney performed his version of the song when they performed on the Academy Awards in 1999, where the song was nominated for Best Original Song, and it actually won. So... So, I mean, that's a little bit, that's a little bit, you know, that's a little bit, that's a little bit shady, but, you know,
0: it is what it is. Shady bitch.
1: It also was nominated for a Golden Globe as well. Um, It was moderately successful, charted all over the world. Um, It peaked at number 15 on the Hot 100 and number three on the Billboard Adult Contemporary chart. The first and most commonly seen video was filmed at Brooklyn Academy of Music. Bam. The, the, there's a second video, which is similar to the first one, but it doesn't feature an audience choir or images. It only has the, it only has Mariah and, um, Whitney singing together. And this was directed by Philip John which I might be pronouncing incorrectly.
0: I liked the song when it came out and I liked the music video when it came out, but it didn't leave in it in like a lasting impression on me, but when I took a rewatch I really enjoyed this music video. The video starts uh, with uh, animated ancient Egypt being projected on a screen and we see the silhouette of Whitney Houston looking up as it appears that we are in a theater but. As you confirmed, we're BAM! (laughs) Um, (laughs) Then we see Mariah's and Whitney's hair popping out of the darkness. The see-through black curtains raise and Whitney starts to sing her verse. She has a pixie cut uh, with a black choker and she looks incredible. A spotlight hits her and we see images playing of the movie in the background. Uh, While the performance is happening, we see camera flashes, uh, alluding that there's a, a big audience. There's behind-the-scenes shots of Whitney and Mariah arriving at the venue. Uh, Camera work. I said, this is dramatic because we are basically scanning across uh, Whitney singing uh, when she says, there can be miracles. And then we see a glimpse of Mariah um, in the back, hinting of what's to come. We also see behind the scenes of Whitney and Mariah before the performance. And it seems like they get along. And that's heartwarming, right? Because they're, they're two divas. Um, then Mariah joins with her verse. Throughout the performance, you hear a slight roar of the audience, um, especially when Mariah shows up. The scenes of the animated film are being played in front of them as well, above the audience. And when Mariah sings, there can be miracles, both Whitney and Mariah start walking towards each other. They reach out and hold each other's hands. Another curtain raises to reveal the orchestra that's in the back. The ladies walk towards the audience on a runway, right in time for the bridge, and the crowd goes wild. We see four giant lights shining on the ladies. Each singer is singing to their side of the audience, and it feels like these two are in battle, and and they have each other's back. As the song builds up, the light begins to strobe. Are we in the discotheque? Did I forget to take my Molly? Because the flashes are happening. (laughs) Um, But then when Moses splits the Red Sea on screen, all hell breaks loose. All the lights go on and everyone is washed out um, as Whitney and Mariah sing to each other. The crowd goes insane. And uh, the two put their heads together and bring us down with their little runs and Atlibs um after the uh, climax that they took us through. Um, but it was really sweet, really powerful, um, really dramatic. But then this does feel like a religious, I mean, obviously it's a theme song for like a religious movie, right? And I always think uh, religions are really dramatic. <laughs> so... <laughs> So this this video and song kind of fits with the drama, and um, but it was it, it was nice seeing them like you know hold hands and you know put their heads together to sing. Um, it was super lovely.
1: Yeah, and it's so great to see two you know quote unquote divas together getting along. Of course, the people often want to see two women with similar talents top of their career everybody wants them to be at odds but um they actually were not at odds but i did read something that was pretty interesting so you you know that mariah and jlo had or maybe they still have a little bit of a um who who's this woman type of thing like they're like yes. yeah it's kind of maybe it's a love hate relationship maybe it's a hate hate relationship we don't know but
0: the, no I, it just sounds like she doesn't know <laughs> exactly. her. Exactly.
1: So that is Mariah's famous line when she was asked about JLo. She said, I don't know her. Um, and similarly, back in the early 90s, an interviewer asked Whitney Houston what she thought of Mariah Carey. And she answered, I don't think of her. To And then, you know, the crowd was whooping um in which she said she quickly she said i don't think of her and then she said musically what do i think of her i think she's a good singer now can i just say that might even be shadier than not thinking of her because to say mariah carey is a quote good singer (laughs) maybe a little might be a little shade in that but again that was before they got together to um to do this this duet and listen maybe at the time who knows they were maybe the powers that be were trying to manufacture some type of rivalry between the two.
0: Yeah, and I think even going back, uh, I brought it up in the Robin episode where she was like, I'm tired of people putting women against each other, right? And it's like, yeah, all these artists do different things, you know, Um, as similar as Whitney and Mariah are, they're different. They have different vocal abilities and, yes. and styles. And why can't we appreciate all of them? They both
1: gave us albums that we love and cherish. So yes. there's room for everybody here.
0: Yeah. It's just really sweet seeing the, you know, the footage of them interacting with each other. And, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking that people, you know, want to see people fight against each other.
1: It is heartbreaking indeed um so much so that uh do you think one of them may or may not want to book a stay at the heartbreak hotel
0: i think one of them did
1: oh (laughs) look at that hashtag bad segues we're here we're here for you we're here for you (laughs) i loved it um so that leads us to our next single which was heartbreak hotel And that featured the musical stylings of Faith Evans and Kelly Price, R&B, songstresses, soulstresses, like um, amazing, The, the pair. You have Whitney, everybody knows Whitney, everybody loves Whitney, killing it, slaying it. And then you have Faith Evans and Kelly Price, who were hardcore in the hip hop soul genre. So to kind of, you know, have them all together on a track, melding, it was, you know, it was a beautiful thing to see. Yeah,
0: I loved all three of those artists. Like, and then seeing them like combine forces, amazing.
1: Yeah, totally. So this song was written by Soulshock and Carland and Tamara Savage. And I don't know if you remember Soulshock and Carland, but they were Danish producers. Um, those Swedes and those Danes—they will lay down an R&B track <laughs> for the gods. They absolutely will. Among other tracks that they produced. They did Monica's Before You Walk Out of My Life. Fan favorite, our favorite, our beloved, JoJo, leave, parentheses, get out.
0: Now, leave.
1: Now. <laughs> Tony Braxton, I love me some him. So just, mm. you know, songs that we all know and love. And Kevin Bray was the director of this video. And he... um he directed other uh, videos, one of which was "Know the Ledge." He also directed a bunch of sitcoms, <laughs> Law and Order, Blackish, Suits, those types of things. The song reached number two on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, and it peaked at number one on Billboard's Hot R&B/Hip-Hop Songs chart. Um, it received two nominations at the 2000 Grammy Awards for Best R&B Song and Best. R&B performance by a duo or group, and it was also nominated for Best R&B Video at the 1999 MTV Video Music Awards. Um, Also, fun fact, this song was originally written for TLC's Fan Mail album, which I know we spoke of earlier as My Love is Your Love and Fan Mail were in the same category in the Grammys, and Fan Mail went out. Which I gotta say, I could totally hear Chili and T Boz on this track, if I'm being honest. With a left eye rap, I could hear it. I
0: could. But I feel like it, it would lack the angst that we hear in Faith and Kelly's renditions of it.
1: Yeah, totally. It would have it would have definitely been a different song, for sure. <laughs> Because yeah. I mean, I don't think, I love TLC, but I don't think of them as them. like singers. I don't think of them as singers. Like <sighs> Whitney, Kelly, um, and Faith, like those are singers. Like, you know, they were riffing all up and through that song. So they it's sure like, it was were. a completely different, um, you know, it definitely had much more, much more, more soul on it. And listen, they didn't include it on their album for a reason. Maybe mm. they were like, you know what? This is just not for us. Mm. Um, but I love that we got to hear it anyway. Boom boom, boom, boom. And then also, um, I don't know if you remember this or not, but being that, you know, we are winding down with Pride Month, Whitney Houston flew in for a special surprise guest appearance at the 13th annual New York City Lesbian and Gay Pride Dance, where she performed this song and the next song that we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, uh, Yeah, I remember that. I remember like at the time, those artists were really secretive. Uh, like, we, you wouldn't know who was performing that night until, like, they'd show up. So, But nowadays, we can't keep a secret.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's also interesting because, you know, Whitney fought and or denied or um, didn't really speak to the rumors that were running rampant about her sexuality. Um, now that she's um, passed away and, you know, we have different documentaries, we have people... Um, basically confirming that, yes, she she definitely was not straight. And it just makes me wonder, well, first of all, I'm glad that she's still, you know, whatever headspace she was in the moment, she came to do this performance for the gays and they ate it up. And um, I don't think we really knew at the time if she was a part of the community and it doesn't really matter, but she did it. And she stood by it, and um, I just think it's um, on, on the other side of that. I just feel it's it's unfortunate that back then you still couldn't really be who you are. It was it was much more difficult to kind of be who you are. If this was this year, you know, which is what fifteen years later, twenty years later, or something like that, um, I, I wonder. If she would have been comfortable um, to kind of be more more vocal about um, who she was, although I'm also a firm believer in, you know, you don't have to broadcast stuff about what you do in the in the privacy of your home and your your sexuality if you're if you don't want to. Um, but I just often think about different artists who have been plagued, quote unquote, with these with these rumors and um, you know, if only they were able to live in a time where they were more accepted. I just kinda wonder how their how their life how that would have impacted their life.
0: It's yeah. It's unfortunate, but like, you know we'll never know, right? It's heartbreaking. Like this hotel. <laughs> Do you remember this music video? Yeah,
1: I remember this video. Um it was shot in Miami, right?
0: Yeah. Um So, yes, it this music video is it starts out with aerial shots of Miami. Uh so there's a shot of Whitney all in white with a white fur coat on. There's also another scene where she's on the beach wearing a silky I'd say dark crimson dress with a metallic neck piece and also wearing that white fur coat. She's giving short Bob realness. In the next scene, we see Whitney arriving on her private jet. and She's wearing that white fur coat, but she's also wearing a sky blue suit. Uh, She has glasses on and scarf around her head. And Faith Evans and Kelly Price are waiting for her um she slaps faith evans hand to say hello and she laughs and hugs kelly price and they're all wearing variations of blue uh the girls are picking up whitney in a white rolls royce faith is the first of the two to join whitney in a solo and faith is wearing her signature red hair with black roots the girls then arrive to the national hotel uh, which for this music video will be the heartbreak hotel Uh, then we see the girls singing we see a close-up of kelly and she like faith is all in black and is looking stunning there's a man that is blurred out and we see him making a fist and it feels very mafia i like to point out that faith whitney and kelly are wearing blue leather And I love the fingerless gloves that Kelly has on. They're all wearing uh, gloves. And so they're also giving mafia vibes. Yeah. So also around the hotel, we see several other ladies. And they have this somber look on their face. And they seem like they're going through some type of heartbreak. And I guess that's why they checked in. Winnie's doing what I call jacket choreo. Um, and we haven't seen this much jacket choreo since Madonna and Frozen, um, but at the end she takes the fur coat off and she throws it out into the ocean, um, and yeah, and that's kind of um, the music video. It's really gorgeous. Um, the girls look amazing. Um, yeah, it feels really uh, rich, decadent.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a this was a classic. Whitney song. She definitely did this one for the girls and the streets. And and just like attitude through, through, through the video, just, you know, just attitude. It's just like, mm-hmm. listen, it's it's a heartbreak hotel. This is where we're staying. Our hearts are broken. Um, let's all commiserate together as one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's just the song was amazing because faith and kelly price were true r&b artists at that time and that's who we re- that's who we were listening to yeah that's what the people were listening to and then to have whitney join these great singers as well who i mean whitney is also a great singer it's just like yeah amazing and they all brought so much to the song it's still a, a classic it like, you can see the respect and reverence they had for Whitney, you know what I mean? Like, like they were belting and they were doing their ad libs, but um, but they all like there is that respect where, you know, this is Whitney's song and we're just here to, you know, help support. Yeah. Yeah. And we definitely see the symbolism in the in the fur coat, right, where like she showed up with it. um, She's in her hotel room and she's wrapped around in it and it's like her security blanket and now you know it's over and she throws it into the ocean and it's like you know moving on oh. she doesn't need that that um, she doesn't need that coat anymore she doesn't need that fur
1: if anybody's ever been through any type of heartbreak i think they could relate to this song Again, we talk about lyrics all the time. All I really wanted was some of your time. Instead, you told me lies when someone else was on your mind. What you do to me, look at what you did to me. It's just kind of like, it's very simple, but it's just kind of like, I am heartbroken and let me just go check into this hotel with all these other heartbroken people. Um, so, you know, you can just really imagine. I can imagine some, some, some gay boys, some gay men in, in a club just like singing these lyrics to you know, singing their heart out to this song. This was a straight up R and B album. She made this album for the streets, um, and this was was another one that you know. So so you know, basically, can shut any anybody any anybody from from nineteen eighty nine who was there booing her can you know basically shut the fuck up now.
0: People booing her, it's not right, but it's okay.
1: Hey. And that leads <laughs> us right into the third single from this album. Um, this song was written by LaShawn Daniels, Rodney Jerkins, Fred Jerkins Third, Isaac Phillips, and Tony Estes. It was produced by Rodney Jerkins, a.k.a. Dark Child. I saw an interview with him today, and he basically, you know, when he got into the industry at eighteen. That was kind of a part of him getting into the industry. It was like he really wanted the opportunity to work with Whitney Houston. And, you know, he got that opportunity. This song peaked at number four on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100s, at number one on Billboard's Hot Dance Music Club play chart, and also charted within the top five in Canada, Iceland, the United Kingdom, and Spain. Whitney also won the 2000 Grammy Award for Best Female R&B vocal performance for this track. And the original production was the one that was released, but the mainstream radio airplay and and sales were given for the Thunderpus remix.
0: The what? That's
1: the Thunder Puss remix. And that's the <laughs> remix. That might as well have been called the gay remix. Yes. whenever you went into a club and they played that song, that was the remix that you um heard. That's a bona fide gay anthem. And then musically that track is similar. When I when I every time I hear that track, I think of Brandy and Monica's The Boy is Mine, because they have, to me, they have that similar harp intro. Oh yeah. And it's not exactly the same, but it's it's similar. So it's like that's that's Rodney Jerkins. Um, he has a specific sound that's kind of like his. He doesn't have that in all his songs, but that is definitely something that he he likes to who he likes to to use, which I think is cool. That's kind of his stamp on it. And I also like that you know he used that and he used that for Brandy, and we know how how close that they they were and and how much they um, appreciated each other. And then you know speaking of you know, gay culture. We know that in RuPaul's Drag Race season nine, the finale. Oh, yeah. Before Sasha Velour rose to the occasion and battled Shea Clay.
0: Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) In
1: that final lip sync, she actually went up against Peppermint to this Thunderpuss version. And it was a, uh, it was a proper lip sync. It was one of the, it it was a good lip sync.
0: It was uh, yes, both of them did a, an amazing job. Yeah. Yeah, on that thing. Yeah. Um
1: but but yeah, just just another another track for the streets, but also, you know, it's not it's not right, but it's okay. We could we could relate to it and you know, when you can relate to something and you know, put it to a good beat,
0: boom. Boom. I mean it was for the streets and the club. Um yes yeah the video starts in a dark black room and whitney's sitting behind a glass desk or table she's leaning forward with her arms and legs crossed and she has a leather low-cut dress and has a black neck piece so we're, we're seeing a lot of neck pieces in um in this album that uh, <laughs> uh whitney's wearing in the um music videos um so She seems like she's all business and it feels like you're going to the principal's office or your boss just called you into their office. So she does not seem to be really happy. Um, She has a straight black bob (laughs) and this I love because why?
1: Because you love a bob.
0: I love a bob. (laughs) Um, And she's wearing a fingerless glove that wraps around her wrist And a bunch of women um, are singing into the camera. They're singing, um, it's not right, but it's okay. And Winnie joins them in front of the desk and table. And at this point, she's smiling and she's not mad. She's basically above it all. She's above it all. And there's strobe lights behind her. There are dancers that seem like they're in military uniforms. Her dress has a train that she extends and it's giving a en vogue vibes do you remember en vogue when um they had those trains for uh, free your mind yes uh, yeah so she's definitely giving train uh choreo train choreo <laughs> um <laughs> so she's having a great time she's playing air piano she's cracking up the ladies uh back her up and they're singing along as she's leaning leading them uh, it feels really joyous like I love any song that tells me I'm going to be all right. Yes. I'm going to be okay.
1: That's important. Woof. Yes. Woof.
0: <laughs> Basically, she's talking about a really bad situation, but it's like silver lining. She's like, you know, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to take care of my babies. <laughs> um, you know? Um, and I love that. There's that confidence, right? Yeah. And the the vibe is not bitter. It's just kind of like, She's laughing at him mm-hmm. for like you know being a mess.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, um which is such a positive way of, you know, spinning this, right? Yeah. But I did I did want to raise um, you know, the answer to the question, why did 213 show up on your caller ID? Yeah. Um cell phones, some people have cell phones. So wait, what do you <laughs> what do you mean?
1: I mean, yes, some people have cell phones, but like who is this who is this 213 number?
0: Maybe her boy, his boy got, uh... yeah, I don't know the story.
1: I'm <laughs> <Stop> trying <laughs> to make excuses for him.
0: I know, I was, I was just trying to help out.
1: <laughs> He's trash. Listen, she found the credit card receipt, okay? Six of them went out, but only two had dinner. The math was not mapping.
0: Right. Um. It sounded like he wanted to get caught, you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: some people are just sloppy. They just don't care or listen, or they just don't think that they think they can get away with it. So they don't have to kind of cover their bases and watch their steps. They're narcissists. We hear a lot about, you know, the receipts, show me the receipts, show me the receipts. This I think was a a early, early song of kind of like, yeah, I have the credit card receipts. So it's kind of like, I've got the proof. You can't, Get your way out of it. And, and now today, it's kind of all about receipts. It's all about the proof.
0: Wow. So you think this originated from this?
1: Um, Sure. I would say so. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to give Whitney the credit for sure.
0: <laughs> yes. Let's give Whitney the credit. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's almost like, you know, I can definitely imagine. Um, let me get to the lyric. Oh, I thought I had somebody down for me. It turns out you were making a fool of me which we know in the club, when that part comes on, it's like, you're making a fool of me, yeah. And then the beat, whatever remixes, but it's just like, you can resonate with that because we've all been, we've all been clowned at one point in our lives. And we thought the things were different. And we thought we weren't going to be clowned, Mm. but huh, alas, we get clowned. We make, we're, we're looking like a fool, but despite all that we're going to be okay we went through all of that but we're going to come out on the other side yeah and we're going to make it anyway
0: You're gonna make it anyway
1: and don't even think about looking back talking about oh baby please cannot no get out of here scram
0: <laughs> leave
1: get out
0: <laughs> get out <laughs> <laughs> that's another, that's another song <laughs>
1: yeah totally trying to talk about all of this oh i love you baby my love is your love baby get out of here
0: oh but sometimes my love is your love that is
1: true that is true our next single is the fourth single the the title track which came out in june of 1999 it was titular the titular track um came out in june of 1999 were you going to say the titty track?
0: Yeah I was going say the titty track, yes.
1: <laughs> You're so predictable. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm so lowbrow. <laughs>
1: um, so this was produced, this was written and produced by y John and Jerry DuPlessis, um, which is his cousin, I believe. Um, this song peaked at number four on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, number two in the U.K., and number one in New England. It also reached the number two position on the Billboard wait. Hot R. Oh, what? wait,
0: wait, in New England, just just the Boston area.
1: Oh, nope, nope, just, no.
0: just the Boston area.
1: <laughs>
0: maybe, maybe Maine.
1: The song peaked at number four. <laughs> I meant to say New Zealand. So yeah, in New Zealand, not just New England. Although I'm sure it did very well in New England.
0: Of course,
1: it also reached the number two position on the Billboard Hot R&B and Hip Hop Songs chart. It also reached the top ten on the Billboard Pop charts. Whitney connected to this song; she liked the island vibe of it. Mm. And in an interview, she said that Wyclef wrote this song specifically with her in mind before they even connected, um, and. How cute is it that we had a Bobby Christina ad-lib in this song?
0: Yeah. What, what was it?
1: Sing, Mommy.
0: <laughs> oh. That's yes. Sweet. So sweet. I really love this music video. Like, it starts out with a bored teenager at a movie theater ticket booth. And then there's a blackout. And then we see flashlights. And Whitney is going up some stairs in her curly hair. And she's wearing a light brown leather raincoat. Uh she has an amazing top that has one strap that goes across her upper chest. Meanwhile, while the blackout's still happening and people are going up and down the steps, uh the teenager is still bored. <laughs> uh, there's a scene where Whitney is dancing in the streets. Uh we see ambulances and police around. The police arrest the man. Uh it seems like due to poverty, uh, there's destruction. But while this is happening, we see a nice white couple kissing during the chaos. Let them kiss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> must be nice. Um, and so uh, as Whitney walks around, she sees smiling faces and she runs into a block party. Uh, luckily, they have a generator. And guess who it is? It's Wyclef and Proswell. Um yeah, Wyclef is DJing and Proswell's helping him pick out the tracks uh, Whitney decides to swap out her leather raincoat with a blue denim jacket, and it totally works hey! Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, she jumps on stage and starts to sing, when the bridge starts and Whitney starts hopping around and bopping around, I thought I've never seen Whitney with so much rhythm before is she down? <laughs> Yes, Do you know what yes, I'm talking about? Is. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. It was that it was kind of cool. And at the end of the video, um, everyone joins by clapping their hands. And so Lauren Hill, I'm sorry, I meant to say Whitney, <laughs> did an amazing job on this song. <laughs> <laughs> but let's be honest. I mean, Lauren Hill could have been inserted here.
1: That is fair. That's fair. I could see that.
0: Um, But the message of the song is it's lovely, right? Because it's like, it's the end, like we had a blackout, you know, end of days and, you know, judgment day comes and God asks, what did I do? And you say, hey, I spent it with you. Um, And that's really sweet. It's like, it's finding the, the love and the good things during end of days, so it's more relevant now than ever. <laughs> yeah, because it's end of days. <laughs> but do you remember the blackout in in uh, New York City?
1: Um. Yes, you're talking about the the one in like 2002 or 2003.
0: I think it was 2003.
1: Yes, I remember. Yep.
0: Yeah, and um. You know, while the video is happening and I see the generator and I see them doing a, a block party, I thought, this is a little irresponsible. Like, shouldn't they be like, you know, <laughs> helping people, you know, people who, I don't know, on respirators or, you know, the hospital? <laughs> um,
1: you know what? Somebody else is helping them. This is, they're bringing the entertainment. Fair. Which is necessary. You keeping the people uplifted. So I think we sh- we should safely assume that the people who need that type of help are getting the help to need. Yeah.
0: Because New York city is really good with those things. Yes. They're great. <laughs> uh, thanks Con Edison.
1: Oh no. <laughs> I'm
0: still waiting for them to turn on my gas. Oh no. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> but I mean it's such a joyous song. I really love it. I mean, but one of the lyrics that I it like I didn't know what the lyric was till like later on. It's was like, uh, the chains of Amistad mm-hmm. couldn't hold us. Yeah, I was like, oh, how oh, interesting how like they incorporated that into the song. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, because you didn't think Amistad was a real was a real thing. You thought it was just a movie.
0: I thought it was a movie.
1: Oh, I mean, it was, but it was about a real, (laughs) a real ship, a real event.
0: Right, right, right. But, um, it was like in this joyous song, like we're still, you know what I mean? Like we, we do reference the good and the bad, which is, which is Mm -hmm. cool, cool.
1: Right. Yeah. And also, you know, the, these chains the the love is so strong that these chains are not even gonna, are gonna do nothing it's almost like they're not even there. They couldn't even hold us gorgeous. Yeah.
0: Gorgeous. It's a universal,
1: it's a universal love. It's not talking about, I mean, it is talking about a specific, well, no, it's not talking about a specific love, but it's just talking about a strong, a strong love. So anybody can relate to it. We see how that can be very relatable to the, uh, to the gay community.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like this should be a karaoke song for me. It's
1: a good one. (laughs) I would recommend it. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: You know why? And you know why it's a good karaoke song? I usually pick songs that everyone knows the words to so that they could drown me out. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: I actually didn't even realize how big of a hit this was, but this was an international hit for her. Yeah. Yeah. And which, which is cool that this was a, a, a very heavy R and B album. But it it definitely crossed over, and it, you know, tons of people. I think a lot more people know this song than they might know some of her her earlier songs that might have been, you know, quote unquote, bigger or more, um, a more mainstream. So I'm glad that we could welcome welcome her as a uh, community. Nobody did it better than her. I stand by it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think. Artists nowadays, they had Whitney as a role model, and they learned from the best.
1: They learned from the best. Yeah, she she really was the best. They really really learned from her. Yeah. Oh wow! Look at what you just did. That leads us to our final single. You are just these segways. Nobody does it better than you.
0: Oh please! They're really bad.
1: <laughs> I think that's kind of like a fun thing, like that the segways are so bad. <laughs> Next season, next season, we're going to get even better. They, they're going to be killer.
0: No, be... I want them to be even worse. Even
1: worse? Okay. Yeah. Listeners, if you have suggestions for um, segues, <laughs> please feel free to send an email to remembermusicvideos at gmail.com. <laughs> um, so as you mentioned, Learn From The Best, this was the final single from this album. So this was written by Diane Warren, who we have seen in our episodes before,
0: yeah. um,
1: I remember she definitely wrote the Aaliyah song, which title I can't remember at the moment.
0: The one I gave my heart, yeah, yeah.
1: One I gave my heart to. One I gave my heart to. And this I think is her second appearance on here. So um, yeah, she's definitely known for like the, the ballad. ballad. She will pin a ballad and give it to the girls. <laughs> yes. Um, and more often than not, David Foster would produce for her. Oh yeah. It reached number 13 on the hot R and B singles and tracks. Um, and she actually, she was on tour during the, during the filming of this and she flew over from Helsinki, Finland to film this in Cologne, Germany. And it was filmed at the Cologne sports arena. Um, she got to set a little bit after one o'clock and she wrapped after midnight and then she took her happy ass back on tour, which sounds crazy. Wow. Uh, Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's intense. Um, again, we have another, um, RuPaul's drag race appearance of a track.
0: Wait, what?
1: Yes. In season 14,
0: I don't remember this.
1: Picture it. Picture it. I'm going to jog your memory. You're going to be like, oh. So, season 14. Season 14, leading up to the finale. Yes, I said finale. Season 14, leading up to the finale. You know how RuPaul sometimes does the four, but then down to the three, and sometimes the two? This time she had them do the four-way lip sync. Oh, so yeah. it was Mick versus Candy Muse versus Rosé versus Simone. And they they lip sync to the HQ2 remix of Learn From The Best.
0: Right. I remember that now.
1: Um, There were 150 plus audience members who were on hand for this film video shoot. And, um, you know, in the world of an extra, there's lots of hurry up and wait and stand up and sit around and do nothing. So they were there for hours and hours and hours. So at the end of the shoot day, she actually sang live for them.
0: Oh, my God, that's amazing. Which is
1: pretty awesome, especially considering she must have been completely exhausted from flying over from being on tour, then coming to do a video shoot and then rapping after midnight and then, um, you know, singing for these folks. It's just kind of like we don't. We look up to our divas and our pop stars and our recording artists. Um, we love them so much and they come across to us as so superhuman, but they're really, they're not, they're, they're human. Um, so we put a lot of, we put a lot on them Mm -hmm. and, you know, touring, shooting music videos, traveling to do those things. And you have to do interviews on top of that. Plus you need to eat and you need to go to the bathroom and you need to shower and you need to do all these things. It's like, how can you possibly fit it all in one day? So quite frankly,
0: I don't do any of those things.
1: (laughs) I mean, quite frankly, I don't know how you couldn't do drugs or think Mm. that you couldn't do, do drugs to, to fit it all in. Like, I can't imagine it just sounds insane, but, um,
0: I do really love that, that story about like how she performed to the, the audience, right? Like, um, and and you definitely feel it in this music video, right? Like you feel that there's a connection between the, the audience yeah. and Whitney. Yeah. Like it feels like there's a relationship there. And so maybe it's because of the, like the long hours and, and that rapport that they had, but yeah, the video uh, takes place at a TV studio and, The crowd is applauding, and we see the execs are in the control room above. Whitney's silhouette starts walking to the biggest ring light that I've ever seen. (laughs) She has a suede dress on and an amazing afro and a brown lip, you know, very earth tones. Mm -hmm. And everyone begins to clap along, which I hate, and I'm sure artists hate, when... um, The audience claps because after a couple of claps, people lose the beat.
1: (laughs) That is very true.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So so I was a little annoyed. I'm like, because they're clapping throughout the music video. We see a love interest that apparently did Whitney dirty at one point, and he's watching from the control room. And Whitney knows he's there. And so she's leaving him a message message. (laughs) Um, So She's performing in front of the cameras and it seems like it's going to be broadcast on air Um, and my favorite part is when she says sorry but you've changed your ways too late and she waves goodbye with her fingers and she lifts her arms as if it's a clock arm and it's hitting midnight Mm. and when she does that the crowd goes insane they lose their shit (sighs) They lose their shit, and that's why I'm like the rapport with the with the crowd, with the audience. It feels genuine here because I. It was such a subtle thing that she did, but they yeah. went insane. They, they up, ate it up. Yeah, Winnie later encourages the crowd to clap, um, but I'm assuming she's doing that so they could, uh, you know, keep up the tempo. <laughs> so my favorite uh, part of the song is when. You know she sings i learned from the best but then she goes i learned from you right mm-hmm. it's the second to last time because the way she says it she goes i learned from you um it's different from all the time she said it you know before mm-hmm. and the last time when she holds that final note when she says from you um i mean it's it's a song you want to sing along to yeah what are your thoughts of the song and music video
1: the song you know, that staple ballad, perfect, great. Um I love her her hair. She has like a little bit of a this this teased fro, yeah, um, and the guy, he's hot, yeah, I think. <laughs> um, and he's just he's just being hot. <laughs> and being a little a little bit sad, just kind of like, damn, but you know, listen. It is what it is, but but she she's kind of letting him know. It's kind of one of those. I don't know if I would call it. A, do you do you call it like a, a backhanded compliment? It's like I learned from the best. I learned from you, but in this scenario, it's kind of like I learned how to be fucked up from you.
0: Yes. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so it's kind
1: of like it's a it's it's definitely a it's definitely a, a dig. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of those songs again. This whole album is kind of it's a heartbreak album. It's kind of interesting how the, the, the titular track (laughs) was my love is your love, but the other tracks were really about dealing with, um, you know, with, with heartbreak and, um, cheating and narcissists. As far as I'm concerned, I learned from the best (laughs) and, um, you know, I mean, except for when you believe, but when you believe to me was also like, they put it on the track. I mean, they put it on the album, but it's really a Prince of Egypt
0: song. Yeah. But you know what in the, it fits in the album, right? Cause you still want hope. You still want, you know, faith. And so it can't just be sure. all like doom and gloom.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, that that's true. Even though these songs, the, the ones that are about heartbreak, it's still about moving on from that and finding power in that. So the whole, the whole album is still a hopeful and empowering album and diff, just kind of different versions of, <laughs> of Heartbreak. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, is, it is totally fine to have the other more strictly hopeful songs on here.
0: That's what I want to say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this album is such a great album, Um, you know, and I think definitely this album is pretty gay due to the remixes. Right. Like um, the gays really knew how to um, pump up these like. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Relatively like, I wouldn't say sad songs, but, you know, songs about heartbreak and um, take it to the take it to the club. And um, and we did. Yeah, totally. (laughs) and we did and um so yeah definitely these songs are really close to a lot of uh you know the community's heart
1: yeah and 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 why do you think that she was that these songs well not only these songs but like Whitney Houston as um as a whole why do you think she was so embraced by the community
0: oh well i mean her talent her strength her You know we love a diva we love a powerful woman you know and um who has a point of view you know um yeah Yeah. and especially if you're talking about heartbreak like you know the community has you know we definitely have heartbreak yeah (laughs) so
1: yes and it's it's her and, and other women other female pop stars who um the gay community stands. They kind of see a part of, or we see a part of ourselves in this person because they are, um, you know, a lot of their songs are kind of channeling some pain or something that they suffered from or vulnerability. But again, just rising above and still kind of finding the strength to, to push past despite the odds
0: yeah i think you said it yeah right there it's struggle right like it's that struggle and um you know we've had that struggle in our community so we we definitely uh appreciate those artists that highlight that Yes.
1: yes and we appreciate miss whitney houston may she rest in peace i know we uh she passed away in february of 2012 which was 11 years ago, which that's, that sounds crazy. Yeah, I can't believe it was, was that it was over 10 years ago. Um, But her music, of course, and that's the beauty of music. It kind of just lives on and, you know, it spoke to us and then it will speak to future um, generations as well, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, definitely check out my love is your love. If you haven't, Um, yeah, great, great album all right um i think that brings us to the part of the show that we like to call uh, "So what are you listening to um we have 30 seconds to i don't know a summer <laughs> <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to go over a song we're listening to this week um it doesn't have to do with this week's album or artist it doesn't have to be a good song it doesn't have to be a bad song um it doesn't have to have a music video but it can um, so, Crystal, I'm going to ask you, uh, what are you listening to? So, I am listening to
1: a few things, but I'm going to try to be sort of brief-ish. But it's the final episode for Pride Month, and it's the final episode yes. of this season for us. So, I figured, you know, balls to the wall. My what? <laughs> so, my love is your love. Wyclef has a Wyclef mix, which is very like it's like beat heavy, but it's groovy. It's a little more hip hop. He raps in it. That's pretty cool. Been listening to that. There's also and it's not right, but it's okay remix. It's called a Slink remix. Oh, um, and it's 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 also it's fun. It kind of reminds me a little bit of um, not dubstepy, but maybe ever so slightly. So, so that's, that's that. And then the other thing, the last thing that I'm listening to is if I told you that, which was the fifth track off of this album, but it wasn't released, but they did a remix and she did a duet with George Michael, who we definitely will cover at some point in this, this, um, in this series, this podcast, um, it was on her greatest hits album, and it featured George Michael. It was a Ronnie Jerkin song, um, and you can easily tell it's a, a Ronnie Jerkin song. The music, there was a music video direct. Bleh, there was a music video for it, and it just featured Whitney and George in a nightclub, and then they just kind of eventually meet on the the dance floor. It's cute. Love George Michael. He's you know a uh, he was a beloved R and B son son of R and feel. Um, that blue eyed soul, if you will. So, um, and we know that, that he's, uh, he was, he was family as well. So, um, that is what I am listening to.
0: Is that what you're listening to? Because guess what? That's what I'm listening to.
1: What? Hey, I knew we would do it one time.
0: (laughs) That is exactly. And like, no, I've been listening to this on repeat for the whole week and watching the music video. I mean, this was an amazing music video, and it actually brought a tear to my eye I know. when they're singing in unison and they're hitting they're hitting the notes. It's like yeah. they are just such mm-hmm. great artists individually, and then hearing them combined, yeah. it was just like I had feelings, right? Like that these t- this talent is no, no longer with us. Yeah, but um, the music video was so again like brought got me all welled up because whitney's having a good time in this music video you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and it feels like she's in a comfortable space with george right you know he's like hugging her and you can see that she feels comfortable Mm -hmm. like there's no awkwardness like you know yes this the, the video is very performative and they're dancing I mean, it's a Mm -hmm. little cringe, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, and I love it though, you know what I mean? Because they're just having a great time and they're, it's a safe space. Yeah. It feels like a safe space. And I love that Whitney had that. Like, and, yeah. And George, right? Like, we, yes, we saw the duet with Mariah, but here it feels like he's meeting her, you know, with her talent. And her vocal ability, like he's he's really great. Like, and you hear it in this track.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yes, I mean, if you have not seen the music video or heard this version of the song, I'd definitely check it out. Totally.
1: And I mean, I definitely was. You know, I was I was saddened that they, you know, neither one of them are here with us anymore. But um, I was like, oh, family.
0: Yeah family.
1: Um, Yeah, and also fun fact, I read that this song was presented to Michael Jackson as a duet, which I was like, "What?" Um, which I can't quite hear that. If I'm being honest, Um, Mm. I I definitely like this George Michael (laughs) version. But um, I I wonder what that would have, or could have sounded like.
0: We'll never know.
1: We'll never know.
0: Well, okay. So I cut you off. Is that is that all you're listening to this week, or
1: I said I was listening to, um, the um, the "My Love Is Your Love" Wyclef mix.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, 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 You that through. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, I was just so like. I was so in shock. We had the same songs.
1: I knew we would do it one, one day, but perfect (laughs) that we do it at the end of the episode. That's amazing.
0: Um, But I do have a couple of other tracks that I am listening to, right? I mean, what are, what are they? Lay them on me. um, uh, It is um, speaking of Thunder (laughs) Puss,
1: excuse um, me,
0: (laughs) I'm listening to It's none of
1: your business.
0: (laughs) I'm listening to Tamia's Stranger in My House Thunderpus Club Nice. Mix, right? Good one. Because mm-hmm. that was also in the clubs, right? And the music video is gorgeous. Tamia's body is ridiculous. She is Canada's pride and joy. <laughs> um,
1: wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Tamia's Canadian? Yeah. I don't know that I remember. Maybe I forgot.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Listen, they they look like us and they sound like us. Um, <laughs> I know
1: Deborah Cox is is is
0: um, mm-hmm. Canadian.
1: I didn't. I don't know that I realized Tamia was, but okay. Yep. The more the more you know. The I'm sorry. You know. Carry on.
0: <laughs> um. So yeah. So if you like gay dance tracks, uh, "Stranger in My House" by Tamia, uh, Thunderpuss Club Mix. Check it out. Of course, since I'm in a dancing mood, I am listening to Crystal Waters, "100 Pure Love." Um, nice. and i mean that music video is fun and did you know that michael k williams did the choreography for this no i didn't exactly i'm like who knew he was a choreographer too
1: oh i knew he was a dancer i didn't know that he was a choreographer and for those folks who don't know who michael k williams is he is um an actor oh man he was an actor he
0: was r.i.p
1: well yes my goodness um very famously known for playing Omar in The Wire um yep. he also played Atticus's dad in Love, in Lovecraft Country he was also in Boardwalk Empire yeah. he's done he's done a lot of things but definitely started out as a dancer yeah. and then you know came an actor yeah.
0: well he choreographed that Crystal Waters track and um, i mean that's one of the songs if you think Pride you think 100% pure love. Yes. Yeah. And so that's what I've been listening to. I love it. And I love you.
1: Oh, and I you.
0: And I love all our listeners and all the artists that we featured this season. Yes, this was so much fun.
1: And it's come to an end. And um, But, you know, I'm glad we got to share... Um, our love of music videos with with everyone, and we can't wait to um, come back at you uh, in the fall with the next season.
0: Yeah, we're gonna take a little summer break. We're gonna take a little vacay. We're gonna possibly see certain concerts, and you know, just enjoy the summer. I hope everyone enjoys their summer. But we'll be back in the fall with season three.
1: Season three. I hope everyone enjoys the summer. Be safe. Be kind.
0: Give grace. Take care of each other.
1: Most importantly, and most importantly, remember (laughs) music music
0: videos. videos.
1: (laughs) Yes. And we'll see you again later.
0: Yeah, so that does it for this season of Remember Music Videos. We want to thank everyone who gave us a listen. A huge thank you to Whitney Houston for giving us something to talk about. Our theme music is by Audrey Harris Culver of Lady Socket. If you'd like to see the music videos we discussed today, you can find them on our YouTube channel, Apple Music, and Facebook. And give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok at Podcast.
1: Just a reminder that all videos might not be available online or in your territory, but that could change. So keep checking. If you have any thoughts or if you have a favorite video you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at remembermusicvideos at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, go ahead and click that like button. Give us a follow, subscribe, and feel free to give us a rating. Five stars only. But most importantly, remember music videos. And if you don't know, you better ask somebody, baby. Until next season.
0: Bye. Bye. Happy summer. No animals were harmed during the recording of this podcast.